I felt like uh, we've built some, a lot of trust with the audience on this show so far. So if you came here to listen to me talk about sports and give opinions, turn off the podcast right now. It's mid-July. There's absolutely nothing interesting to talk about in sports. So today we bring in a guest who truly embodies what the cause is. He played hockey at ND for a little while, cut short through uh, concussion protocol injuries. But, you know, he was never a star on the ice, but you bet your ass he was a star on campus. This guy even saved a bar in college with a single tweet that turned into a movement that is still used today. Um, he is a man to never be that has never been tied down by a miserable job in this miserable world. He has been my role model in terms of fun employment for a long time. Eric Ringel, glad to have you. Tom Knight, hey, it's a pleasure. I'm glad that this uh, that that one tweet not only saved a bar, but it was able to get me as a guest on this show. Uh, Good things happen through Twitter. It uh, really is. Like the world of Twitter has, has changed a lot over the years. But man, you were you were a trailblazer in the Twitter game. Uh, I can't remember what year it was of college, but you know, the Thursday bar was fever. You know, it's it's not it's a dingy place. It's not the greatest place in the world, but you know, it's home to a lot of students. And for some reason, the students moved away from there. Uh, I I honestly, for the life of me, don't know why. You had a problem with it. You started hashtag Save Fever. And within two months, Fever was back in the spot again. I mean, are you proud of this? Or, like, do you just feel like it was your duty as, as who you are to do it? Well, you know, it, I think it just kind of started as a joke. And once it caught on, I was, like, I was all ready to play with it. Um, I think the main reason a lot of people and, and students stopped going down there, um, that was right around when Brothers and Kildare's opened on Eddy Street. Um, just so there, there was a few bars that were within walking distance on a Thursday night. They had some awesome deals and you didn't have to worry about getting a cab down there, getting a cab back. Um, you know, it might've been a little bit easier to get in underage. Um, but you know, that, that's neither here nor there. Exactly. Um, hey, convenience, who really cares? Fever was the place. We really can't talk much about fever because you know, some of the people listening to this podcast aren't necessarily Notre Dame students, Understood. but I watched an inspirational video on Facebook about a couple weeks ago. That said, you shouldn't waste your early 20s working for a job you hate just so you can plan for retirement one day. First thing I thought about was you. Uh, you fully embrace the don't take a crappy job just because you need a job. And I've kind of followed suit being 25, you know, don't really have a job right now. So just touch about how you've championed fun employment. Yeah, you know, honestly, it started at Notre Dame. Um, it started with my concussions. Sophomore year, dealt with a career-ending head injury, uh, had headaches for about 18 months, was on like four different types of medication, um, was in a pretty dark place. And luckily, my, you know, my dorm mates in Siegfried, my teammates, hockey, uh, you know, my friends that I've met out from lacrosse, whether it was Sean Rogers, Bobby Smith, the Golick family, um, you know, there was a bunch of people that got me through that time. So when I finally did get healthy, I lived most of it, right? You know, I was really playing a sport. I wanted to see what college had to offer. So my junior and senior year, I really took it to the next level. Tried to go out as many nights as I could. Try to keep my GPA as high as I could. Um, you know, sleep during the day, go out at night, come back, do it all over again. Um, that kind of led me to when I graduated, I did have a couple jobs lined up. And I actually had a 
final round interview for a job working in an IT consulting firm in Denver. Had my flight booked, had everything. The guy called me, was like, hey, we can't do it this weekend. We need to reschedule your flight. Let me know um, what day works for you. And I never responded back to that email. Um, and the rest kind of unfolded. I got to a point where I was like, man, I'm 22 years old. Um, I know how fragile life is from everything I dealt with. I've seen other people go through it. I'm not ready to you know, put on a suit and go to work every day. Um, so when that happened, I moved back to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, moved in with my parents, started coaching hockey, um, doing what I loved. And was just volunteering for Walsh Jesuit High School um, in Akron, Ohio. Did that, and it just so happened that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, that was the year our football team went undefeated. Um, so, you know, the first few weeks I came back to campus, I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're 3-0, we're 4-0. This is, we're having a season right now. Next thing I know, it's, I think it was November, I'm sitting at home, I see us beat USC, boom, book a flight to South Beach for the National Championship game. It's like, cool, let's do this. Went to South Beach, had the time of my life, minus the, uh, the result that we had from the football game. But uh, a lot of good friends, a lot of good family, a lot of alumni down there. Coming back home, I kind of realized, all right, let's let's figure it out. I've had a lot of fun here. I need to make some money. I ended up calling my brother, who's four years older than me, went to Boston College, graduated with a degree in economics, and kind of did the same thing. He, uh, he graduated and moved out to Aspen, Colorado. Uh, at the time, he'd been out here for four years, so he, he had met a bunch of fan, uh, friends that were like, he's like, dude, you need a job? Come on out here. We'll have a blast. He goes, we'll get you in the rafting company. You can work a summer here. And, you know, go and then find out what you really want to do. Move to a city and do it. Well, summer went by. <laughs> I was like, man, well, I've been here this summer. I got a lot of friends now. Might as well stay for the winter and ski. So my first year, I get a concierge job, which allows me to ski 119 days. I think I skied my first year out here. So I really, really lived it to the fullest and was like, okay, what am I going to do to stay out here? Um, kind of figuring that out. I'm still figuring that out. Um, I ended up coaching a lot of hockey, ended up doing some private lessons, and that's been a lot of fun. But, I mean, you know, I'm kind of getting to that age where I, I see people that get stuck out here because, man, to be honest, the lifestyle is unbelievable. You wake up, you look outside, you're like, why am I not outside? Uh, there's You would never guess people's ages. There's people that are 50. There's people that are 60 that are still doing what 20-year-olds are doing. So it's this really unique place, but if you're not careful, you can get stuck in it. And that's kind of the, the area that I'm at. You know, I've... I've enjoyed it. I see what's out there. I've seen a lot of fun. Every time I go back to a wedding or go back to a Notre Dame football game, everyone's like, man, I see your pictures. Like, you are living the life. Like, I want to come out. Let's change jobs. And half the time I look at them, I'm like, man, you guys are living the life. Like, you're, everyone's getting married. Everyone's getting girlfriends and wives. And I'm out here. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what day of the week it is sometimes. Well, I will say this. Um, <laughs> you sent out a tweet. I don't know. You, you, you now have a full-time job, but you sent out a tweet. Like It was the most devastating thing I've ever seen and read when you said you took you have a job and that fun employment was over. I'm like, <laughs> I was wondering what this meant for me because you know I may not be the extent that you are. You're a little older than me, but you know currently I'm working at a Jewish summer basketball camp. Obviously not Jewish. So it's interesting. Um, and like during the spring and the fall, I was substitute teaching. So, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm living with my parents right now. Fun employment is a big-time thing in my life right now. And the fact that you're moving on makes it feel like it's time for me to move on. And, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed your time. But I'm selfishly hating the fact that you're 
have a job now. Hey, trust me, it's um, it's been a definite transition, and I'm kind of kind of deciding, hey, maybe I should give up this full time job to get it at one more winter, get it out of my system. So trust me, it's not it's not completely gone. Um, you know, the inner child never truly dies if you don't let it. Um, there's nothing wrong with everyone kind of comes to a point of realization sooner or later. Um, so it's, it's when you are ready to do it, if you are happy and content in what you're doing, um, and you know, you, you don't care the way that people see you or how that you act and how it goes and live it up. But then there's kind of, sometimes there's a realization. It's like, man, I'm so much smarter than that, man. I really love what I'm doing, but I know that I could do so much more, whether it's helping people, whether it's helping myself to, you know, want, hopefully have a family, hopefully have property, um, you know, have something to show for it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I definitely don't have that right now. The only family I have is the uh, the begrudging parents I have that are supporting me right now. And I guarantee you, when they sent me off to Notre Dame eight years ago, they weren't expecting me to be living them in my twenty mid mid twenties. <laughs> but I guess it's all right. But no, I guess- I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. I did it. I did it for a year. I think the I think the statistic is like thirty seven percent of millennials live with their parents. Um, it's not a bad way to go. You get the home cooked meals. You get the laundry done. You know, sometimes you do need your space. Not paying rent. Oh, it's you, know, you can do. It's you wonderful. Can do a lot. It's yeah. absolutely great. Uh, but then here comes the problem, and this actually be a good segue into our next topic. Because, you know, I'm 25. I'm a loser by all meanings of the word. I, I don't really don't care. I'm enjoying it every second of it. But at one point, you realize you got to change and you got to move out when your younger sister gets married. So she, my sister got married two weeks ago. And it's a good transition for us right now because, I mean, one of my favorite movies is Wedding Crashers. And those guys go to weddings like professionally. Oh. You get invited, like you don't crash weddings. You get invited to every wedding under the sun. Like I get jealous. Like every snap story I see, every tweet, you're at a wedding every weekend. It looks great. Everyone seems to be open bar. You're enjoying yourself. I know it's expensive to get there, but man, you're living it up on these on these wedding weekends, aren't you? Yeah, you know it's been a lot of fun. There's been a so this summer I've been to three different Notre Dame weddings: Dane and Hillary, um, Sean and Liz, and, and Trevor and Melissa. It's been it's been a blast. It's one, it's it's great to come back and, and see a group of people. The biggest, one of the biggest regrets that I had moving out to Colorado, living in Aspen, and doing that, I kind of broke away from the group of friends that I created and cultivated while I was at Notre Dame. Um, you know, most of the people ended up in the city, so it's really few and far between, and you really get to see everybody. Um, so, using these opportunities from the friendships that I, you know, created while I was in college, transitioning into you know, we're getting into a little bit of adulthood here, but using it as an opportunity to come back and, and pick up right where you left off. You know, the one big thing that I have, you know, big reputation of going out and, and, and partying and having a good time. You know, every year you kind of consecutively, you get older and older and older. And, you know, you, it's really tough to put that performance on. And this weekend was, uh, was no exception. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. There might've been a night, been up till about five thirty in the morning chasing Pokemon on campus, and that did not set me up for success the rest of the weekend. But you know, we managed and pushed through and had a, had a good time. See, that's the problem. Like you built up a reputation around campus that you're going to be the guy that gets after it. Fortunately, you get twenty six, twenty seven years old. You just can't get after it like you once did. So, like, 
everyone's looking at you as like the leader, like the fun guy. It's like if, if well, he if he's not doing it, what am well, I supposed myth, to do? The mythical hangover is no longer a myth. That's first and foremost. I remember the days in college you'd wake up, oh man, I feel a little off, you know, drink a Powerade, go eat a meal and you're ready to go. Now it's man, I went out on Saturday, it's Tuesday, and I still don't feel right. But yeah, it is a big reputation. You go like I remember the Thursday night before Trevor like, hey man, we're gonna go out. Everyone's gonna stay out till the bars close. They close at three AM in Indiana. Like we're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be like college. Everybody was leaving by eleven thirty midnight. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like, I guess there's not that much of a reputation to hold up. But okay, cool. All right. Well, I'll just I can catch a one or two people that want to hang out. No, all right. I guess I'm going to bed. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Well, that's great. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you you going in expecting to stay at three thirty. You're saving yourself for the next day. You can't. Can't really complain about that at all. Thank you to my friends for doing that. Much appreciated because you guys know I would stay out. I think they actually did it for that reason. They they wanted to stay out, but like, listen, we Ringo's liver, his head, they all they need a break. So we're we're gonna we're gonna bite the bullet. We're gonna take him for the team. We'll go out hard tomorrow, but tonight we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it pretty conservative, just for Ringo. I mean, honestly, if you weren't gonna be there, they probably would have stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. But they did it for you. Oh man, well, thank you. I much appreciate it to everybody out there. I mean, I only wish to one day that I can have a friend as good as that that will do that for me, you know? Tom, I will I will do that for you whenever you want. Well, I mean, I think you got to get married first. Uh, all right, all right. Well, so, I mean, if, if, if a time does come and you decide to invite me to your wedding, I would gladly... That first we'll night, have, we'll just have to, we'll just have to do another another show at the wedding. Oh, like during the show, like during your nuptials. Uh, yeah, like just so, sorry, Reverend. We're gonna we're gonna record this real quick. Uh, he'll do the <laughs> vows at the end of the show. Yeah, perfect. We'll get it live. But you touched on Pokemon Go, and I kind of want to talk about this to finish off the show because Pokemon Go has taken over my life. It is a worldwide phenomenon. Like I can't believe like the things I've done just to catch them. I mean, I haven't, oh. I, haven't, I haven't controlled a gym yet, but back to the weddings, like my little sister, like I said, got married two weekends ago. You know, I'm an emotional guy. A lot of tears came from my eye. Uh, but one moment that sticks out is during the reception, the father-daughter dance. You know, beautiful moment, somber. I mean, I, I, was, I was a wreck. Uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend from high school was, take, was a photographer. Bad choice by my sister, but, you know, I was embarrassed. I was, I was bawling like a baby in front of her. But for some reason, in between every tier, I had Pokemon Go open, and I was catching Eevee. It was like, I was catching them all. Like, like that game doesn't stop. Like, even during my little sister's wedding reception, I'm still catching them. Like, my parents were looking at me like I did something wrong. But, I mean, the grind is real. So, I understand that you are a fiend for this game. So, just please, like, tell me the way, because I'm trying to get better, but I'm trying to be like you. It's, uh, it is definitely a grind. Um not only just physically, but on your battery, your phone battery just takes a beating throughout this game. Not even just not even just that. Like, I have never gone over the data limit on my phone. I'm halfway through my month right now. My data's gone. Like, yeah. and at, at one point, like obviously, if you go over, like it costs a lot of money. I don't care. Like, I'll pay the, I'll pay it. Like, I don't have a job to pay for it, but I'm gonna pay that somehow. Well, one so our one of our mutual friends, Bone Duncan, we're at this wedding. We're sitting, uh, getting ready. It's about the ceremony is about to happen. We're sitting in the Basilica, in Notre Dame, and he sends a group message. He goes, "Jigglypuff, 
takes a snapshot. It's Jigglypuff sitting on one of the pews in the church. I just look at, I look down at my phone. I'm like, I, I'm better than that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it away for now. But at the reception, we're sitting there, two tables side by side. One pokey stop is accessible in South Dining Hall. There was a lure that was dropped for about an hour and a half straight. People were just looking in, catching Pokemon. Hey man, reception's going well. Hey, hey can we? Can, I'm out of ball. I'm out of Pokeballs. I can't. I can't do this. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the party. Like, all right, all right. Okay. Is there understood, understood. is there anything worse than running out of Pokeballs? Like, it happened to me last week. I dropped a, an incense and like I was like in a hot spot, feeling good. Three Pokemon in. I'm out of Pokeballs. Like, I felt like someone kicked my dog. Like, either that. Either it was the that worst. It was the worst feeling of my life. Sometimes you know, I'm sure you've had it where they just the app just doesn't want to work ever. It happens. It happens five times a day. You know, and you like you just use like a lucky egg. You have a 30, 30 minute boost to your bonus or your XP, and you can't even get on your phone. Oh, it's like, it's the worst. There's nothing worse than when you drop a time thing and you just can't play the game. And you're like, come but, on. Like I I feel like the game did it on purpose. Like, listen, you're getting too good at the game. Take a step back. They're gonna be there later. Just not right now. You're cheating right now. So just t- take a step back. Well, you know what's amazing to me too is just the wide age range that this game has kind of captured. Um, I, I understand why you know kids our age because it's something that we grew up on when we were younger. It was Pokemon Blue, it was Pokemon Red, you know. And then it was then it got to like Pokemon Yellow. You got Pikachu following you around, and then from there it just kind of got outrageous. After the original 151, it kind of forgot, just kind of let it go, and all of a sudden the original Pokemon is back. And everybody wants to get back into it because it just kind of it's just childhood memories coming back, flooding back. And everyone you just pick up right where you left off. Everybody knows the names of all the strong Pokemon. Everyone, you know, knows the Charizard, the Blastoise or Venusaur, you know, the starting three or, you know, finding a Snorlax. So it's it's uh, it's crazy that it's just become this cultural phenomenon in a short week. And there's thousands of youtube videos on how to do things people are instead of walking or tying their phones to fans to hatch eggs so it's truly this big phenomenon and it was a lot of fun actually it just gave me something to do when i was traveling no it's it's crazy the fact that like it's it's community too like you can't tell who else is playing around you unless you're looking at the people around you like two weeks ago like you can't catch pokemon in my house and at the jewish camp i work at there's you can't catch pokemon there either but when I was driving home, it was about an hour drive, I decided to drive 45 minutes out of my way to a larger town and literally walked around for an hour just to catch Pokemon. As I'm doing this, I'm walking around the town, and a girl, a little heavy set, glasses, she looks at me, she's like, you're catching Pokemon right now? I said, of course. She's like, I had the Pokestop, two Pokestops down, dropping a lure, come with me. And you know what I did? I went with her, caught so many Pokemon. She's my best friend now. I don't know her name. Uh, but I'm forever indebted to her, that's for sure. Oh, I, 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 we all have stories of that already, and it's you know it's not even two weeks old. Um, here in in Snowmass, there's one pokey stop, so you, it's like a 45 minute drive to like the nearest big city, and yeah, I, I did that. Well, get this. So yes, <laughs> yesterday I'm in O'Hare's, I'm in O'Hare, so the airport in Chicago, and. Unless you're, someone drops a lure, like there's no Pokemon there, but once it drops a lure, there's a lot of Pokemon there. And I'm walking yeah. down the hall, up and down the halls of the airport, like trying to play. And I get someone drops a lure, and I stand next to this other guy. Uh, 
and I'm, we're gonna start talking about Pokemon. Ends up he like he works at O'Hare like for like a lower level job there, and like he just roams the halls all day when he's not working, catching Pokemon, dropping lures. And I mean, this guy doesn't have a very good job at all. But at the end of the conversation, I literally told him he's a lucky guy for having a job there. Like it oh, makes man. it takes my life out of perspective. It's like, what are you talking about? Why would I say this guy has a lucky job? He has a terrible job. But just because he can catch Pokemon all day, I think he has a lucky job. So I guess that is the goal, like to find a job where you, you can get paid and catch Pokemon all day long, right? Co- college campuses. That that is, I think that's the hotbed. And all the Poke stops at Notre Dame. It was uh, it was a it was pretty fun out there. We uh, actually ended up taking a golf cart, and we're driving around for about an hour and a half until everybody's batteries died. Just hitting everything that we could, t- trying to take over gyms. And at one point, it was like midnight. We're in the middle of campus around the reflecting pool in front of Touchdown Jesus. And there's 40 kids all outside, all talking Pokemon, all trying to attack a gym or team up and saying, hey, come sh- hey, here, here, go to this Pokestop. There's always, these are the Pokemon that are normally over there. It's just, uh, it's it's crazy. And it's, it's so, it's cool that you have, you know, 18-year-old kids and 26, 27-year-olds communicating over something as simple as Pokemon. Well, but here's the problem with the whole thing. Like, yeah, you said it kills your battery. So when I was in the airport, like I had a job interview in Chicago. I'd take an Uber to get there. I got there a little early, so I didn't want to take the Uber yet. So I was just chilling in the airport, eating some snacks. And my phone was getting pretty low. Uh, and I had a phone charger. But you know how it is in airports. Like, it's impossible yeah, to find yeah, an outlet. it's so hard to find. Yeah. So I'm down at like, I'm at like 20% of my phone. I'm like, all right, do I turn off Pokemon Go? So I can have, so I can call an Uber, or do I just, you know, risk it all, and hopefully find a charger by the end of the day? And you know what I chose? Risk it all. I risked it all. I'll tell you that. And like, unfortunately, like in the O'Hare, I caught like only drowsies all day long. But I'll tell you what, my hypno is is pretty good compared to everything else now. Pretty stout, pretty stout hypno. It's pretty stout. Like I'm, I'm not gonna give my levels out because like it's it's pretty pathetic in the grand scheme of thing compared to some of the people I've seen. Like I go to some of these gyms and I see like. Uh, Level 24 with, like, uh, 1,700 Flareon. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, how is this guy doing this? Like, he, like it's got to be a kid. It can't be an adult. If it is adult, like, good for him because he's, he's, he's won. He's won. It's good for whoever's doing it because it's a grind. Especially, it's a battery grind. It's a data grind. Especially if you don't have any Pokeballs. I just, I, I commend. I commend anybody that's that level. I mean... I don't condemn the guy. I commend the guys that uh, like pay money to no, get like no, the coins. So I actually condemn them, but I commend the guys that get that strong without paying money. But with yeah, that being I, said, though, I was thinking to myself last week, like if I get this job offer, I'm taking it just so I can spend money on Pokemon Go, just so I can get a little better. Which is yeah, that you can you can justify your because it's it's a form of entertainment. Justify that expense. Exactly. It's like, do I go to the movies or I spend like $15 on some coins of Pokemon Go so I can get a few incense, you know, Pokeballs, all the good things. So, I mean, it really is like to each their own. Uh, Pokemon Go has taken over my life. Like, there's not a day, a minute, an hour, a second. I'm not thinking about it. Um, I'm just mad at my parents' house right now and I can't catch a Pokemon at all until tomorrow, which is just sad. Luckily, I'm a lot better than my little sister at it. But, you know, it's... My friends around me are all a lot better. I get, I'm jealous of them. Like they all have crappy jobs, whatever. Guys that play a lot, like I'm so jealous of them. 
Well, it's so funny. Like, I'll get home from work. I'll just be sitting around and I don't really have much to do. Just got done, like, going on a bike ride. Or today I just got done golfing right before I got on the phone with you. But I'm, like, sitting around. I'm like, well, it's really nice out. I'm kind of tired. Might as well just go for a walk and open up my Pokemon Go app and see what happens. Hey, you got <laughs> to hatch the eggs, you know. You got to hatch those eggs. It's just crazy that it's come to that. It's like, I don't know what to do. Well, might as well turn on an app on my phone and go walk around. You know, it's going to be crazy that in, like, 10 years you have all these, like, bodybuilders in the greatest shape of the, like, in the greatest shape in the world. In 10 years, the nerds of the world, they're going to be the greatest shape because they're walking all over the place to catch Pokemon. Some I mean, people are saying this is a fad. This ain't a fad. This is This is forever, baby. Yeah, I can't even imagine what direction they're going to take it because there's – honestly, Pokemon Go, the the thrill of catching everything or seeing what's out there is really cool. But in terms of like the actual fighting dynamics and like there's no trading, there's no you know certain thing. There's so much they can add to this game, um, whether it's like just battling head straight up people, you know, so many different things that can come of it. So it, it, I'm really excited to see which direction it goes and then what this opens up for the future of applications. Like, there's so many things I could just think of off the top of my head that fitness that could use this, something like this or, you know, scavenger hunts and just a bunch of other stuff. So it's a really cool technology. It's crazy that it's taking the world by storm. Um, and I'm really excited to see what direction it's headed. Yeah, that's a great place to leave it. Ringle. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. This was fun. Uh, you know, give your shout outs, give your your parting words. Give us some give us some wisdom that we can take to the next day and make ourselves better. Yeah, parting words. I just want to say thanks to you, Tom, for having me on. It's been a blast. We should do this more often. I love chatting. Um, shout out to uh, all the Notre Dame homies that are going to listen to this hopefully and and, you know, I'll be retweeting it and looking forward to it. But, you know, thanks to you. Thank you for being my friends. Thank you for, um, you know, helping me along the way, especially kind of when I was in limbo uh, with finding a job and doing all that. You guys were super supportive. So thank you for that. Thanks to my parents. You guys are probably going to send this to you. I'm going to make you listen to this. It's going to be great. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. Um, but, yeah. All right, and, words, I, and, I wanna, and I want to thank enjoy. enjoy it. It's, it's fragile. It is fragile. Life is fragile, and you know, do what makes you happy. All right, and I'm going to say one thing because the whole thing happened. Uh, we, Eric, you, Bo, Eric Atkins, you guys all messaged me and tweeted at me at like two o'clock in the morning, asking for this to happen. So I want to thank the bars for staying open late. To allow great ideas like this to come about, because if it wasn't for the bar scene, this may not have happened. So shout out to the late night alcoholics. Shout out. All right, guys, this is the cause. Uh, Find us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter nighttime twenty five. Have a good night. See you guys later.